Hello and welcome to the Wonky Gamer Podcast, episode 13, Mods the Fallout Saga. I'm Steph, and here is Rami. Oh. Morciola Dead. Hello. And Morciola Ferg. Push Tumpty Dumpty, the bastard. You bastard. <laughs> it's time for the gaming news. It's been an interesting week, to be honest, or month, or weeks or i don't even know an amount of time essentially a fortnight of fallout (laughs) (laughs) indeed so there's quite a lot of random news and quite a few like a couple of releases it's been a bit of a weird month september to be honest like it's not the best month for releases but there are there have been a couple of big releases and a lot of info coming out as well and a lot of uh, controversial issues popping up so i suppose first off we should start with warcraft I reckon Warcraft Legion, because uh, that has come out. Yeah. We maybe we'll be going to a bit more detail on that a little bit later. Yeah, I've been playing that, and I think Dad's been playing that. Oh, I've played a bit of it. Yes. I'd like to, but I'm a bit scared uh, this month. Join us next month. You know you want to. <laughs> the big news at the moment is uh, Blizzard have launched a new companion app to go with Warcraft Legion. It's available on Android. Is it on Android as well? I know it's definitely on Apple. Yeah, I've, da- I've downloaded it. Uh, it's not currently available on Microsoft phones uh, and tablets, which is causing a bit of an issue. Do people still have them? Apparently so. But yeah, there's a few posts on the forums that are a little bit... Salty. Well, I've been supporting Warcraft. Yeah, I've been supporting Warcraft for years, and I, I play it. If it wasn't for Microsoft, you wouldn't have a game. Uh, etc, etc. Basically, people just throwing the dummy out. Obviously, it's going to take a bit of time for them to convert it, so it works with Microsoft phones. It's funny when people like make out that like Microsoft are doing Blizzard a favour by letting them have their game on their platform. Blizzard could give two fucks. Blizzard will turn around and tell them, uh, well, we can just release on Mac. Yeah, because they've got such an open market with the Macintosh users. To be fair, though, they... they... <laughs> To, to be fair, they do have Mac versions <laughs> of games. I can see them breaking their quality requirements every month. <laughs> At the end of the day, Blizzard is a big machine. I wouldn't want to get in front of them when they go to war with someone, to be honest. To be honest, I mean, how much support are they really doing? And how many really interesting franchises do Blizzard really have? Oh, come on now. Blizzard have a lot. They really don't have that much going on here, do they? They do. That Diablo 2, uh, 3, 3... Just cross over with stuff. Come on. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Th- think about it. Diablo 3 is still pretty popular, pretty big. Yeah. You've got Warcraft. Starcraft is huge. You've got Heroes of the Storm is really pretty popular. Which is just basically all of their other games. All the other characters from all their other games monkeying around in another engine. Yeah, but a lot of people play them. A lot of people play them. And, and people view Blizzard as well as a company that takes their time and produces really good games. You've got to admit. They do have a loyal fan base. Just like Apple. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. They're so loyal they can't see the Blizzard in front of their face. And it's staring at them going, oh, we're getting away with some really, really awful bits of characterization here and objectifying things that, you know. In Blizzard's defense, they were the first company to have the balls and turn around and say, if you get caught cheating playing Overwatch, you will be banned for life. That's cool. But let's be honest, have they actually had a decent IP since Diablo? Diablo 2, not Diablo 3. I mean... 
Really? <laughs> I play free is awesome fun. Depends on the definition of successful. If you look at Warcraft, it's the only MMO that's still out there that you pay to play, and people do pay to play. Still millions. This is true. Overwatch is, is, is a new IP, and that's fucking massive. Everybody tries to launch the WoW killer. Star Wars was supposed to be a WoW killer. It's now free to play. Which one? Star Wars The Old Republic. Because <laughs> they both failed. Yeah. Galaxies was amazing, though. There you go. Conan was supposed to be a WoW killer. That fell flat on its arse. Warhammer was supposed to be a WoW killer. That fell flat on its arse. City of Heroes. And I, I see where you're going with that. I mean, let's be honest. But it's free to play. Can I just add another point to this conversation as well? Um, it's slightly off on a tangent, but it is related to Blizzard. And that is... Actually, I really like this concept. I mean, we can get all into the whole issues over being triggered and um, issues of privilege, which I'd rather not get involved in because... I get upset with these conversations because they do my head in. What I will say is people get quite upset when someone says GG easy. Blizzard have noticed this and a lot of online communities have noticed this. So if you write GG easy in Overwatch, it changes it changes that into a sentence which could be something like Well played. I'm quite upset and, you know, I've had a bad day. I apologize for being salty. Or, you know, things like that. They've like yeah. ch they've got some kind of code to do that. Yeah. So funny. Which so just enrages the player more. Essentially, it's it's what uh, social engineering. I'm I'm not quite getting what GG easy. What I mean, good game. What you were you were easy. Good game. You were easy competition. I.e., you're kind of shit. So, haha. Like you suck. Yeah, easy what? mode basically. What and Blizzard are like worried that people might take offense to this. Have they been introduced to the gamers yet? Especially League of Legends gamers. Yeah, my point precisely. That's why I've given up on the game. <laughs> the players. Blizzard know who their players are. They do tailor their stuff towards their players. I've got a lot of time for Blizzard. They've made some of my favourite games. That they go with the social engineering. It's no different to a chat filter. Warcraft has a chat filter for adult conversation. If you swear, it will turn it into symbols so that young children playing the game see the F word every five seconds. It's a censorship. Yeah, cool. Yes, it's a censorship button. GG Easy is basically saying, like Steph was saying, is saying, you're shit. Why are you playing this game? I've had it in actual messages from people while I've been playing on the Xbox, just as a person-to-person -person message. Someone saying, you are shit at this game. Why are you playing it? I've had stuff with people. I'm as a friend in League, and then I want to say how they're going to trace my IP address and rape my mother. GG Easy can be taken as a form of bullying. Okay, so can telling the 11 year old child that just shot you. I'm gonna fucking shoot you in the face, you creep! <laughs> What's said on voice chat is something completely different. Hell yeah, but at the same time. It's an unmonitored, filtered environment. If you choose to connect to a voice chat room. All bets are off. The onus is on you. Yeah. Yeah, that's no different to going swimming in the sea and then complaining you got bit by a shark. Don't want to get bit by a shark, don't go in the sea. Or my shark tank. People have an infinite number of creative ways to abuse each other over uh, over text. If GGEZ is the most they can come up with, you know, it's like, your combative skills are equal to that of a semi-mutated cabbage. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I don't see the filter pulling that out, and yet I'm fairly certain I will have offended them. Yes, it won't pull that out, but GGEZ is a shorthand. It's a quick way to have a jab at someone. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> if you take GGEZ personally, yeah, I think you need a chat filter. <laughs> you got issues. 
you need to step away from the controller and have a have a nice meditate. <laughs> yeah, I hate to break it to you, but there's some pretty brutal people out there yeah. to begin with, and half of them are eleven-year-olds. The same eleven-year-olds that shot us in the first place. They're the ones that are using the nasty stuff. I just wanted to be their friend to try and trade and stuff, but he just shot me in the face and looted my body after teabagging my. Oh God, I don't want to talk about it. So, uh, moving on, uh, PlayStation renamed the Neo, it's now the PlayStation Pro, nah. and it's now available to pre-order. So, you're only a, a pro if you've got the new one. Everyone else is a casual gamer. Apparently so. It's because it's got all the VR com uh, components built into it, it's more powerful, 4K, extra storage space on the hard drive. Bigger, shinier, faster. They have said that... This is not a um, new start of a new console generation for PlayStation at all. No, it's not. No, it's just shinier. It's effectively it's a slightly amped up PlayStation. It's no major difference to a PlayStation. It's just a bit more powerful. And it's nice to see actually that they haven't like put it at a completely ridiculous price point. They're not. Yeah, it's about three fifty. Oh. Yeah, three hundred and fifty, and the slim's going to be two hundred and fifty-nine. That's that's okay. Only a little bit of difference. Well, buy it. <laughs> My money, if I'm honest, is still on Scorpio. I wouldn't buy either. I, I mean, I don't have a four K TV, and if I can play the same game, it will still it will still support ten eighty. But I think the thing is, if I can play the games, I'm not that hyped about a slight graphical improvement. I, I do like graphics, but I kind of feel graphics are both pretty. Yeah, I'd like to own both. I like the shiny. I do like the shinies, but I can't really justify. Keeping in mind that Bioshock, um, Skyrim, and God knows how many other games are currently getting remastered graphically, and that going to that much higher resolution is what not going to be a benefit. Yeah, but I've already played them. I'll play a new game. Come out. But to be honest, going for the really big graphical centers, I'm not rightly sure why people would want to bother when, let's be honest, VR is literally round the corner. It's like, why, why do you want to go for that? You know, VR is going to kind of test all of this. I mean, Steam is rife with it now. I mean, in fact, one of the games that I've been looking at beforehand, it, it, um, for what's actually been advertised on Steam at the moment, is a game called Dead Out I heard about uh, that. by 34 Big Thing Studio. Yeah, it's basically Wipeout meets Roll Cage, and it's a, by all accounts, it's a VR compatible racer. But I don't think you actually need to have VR. But it looks bally slick. Well, I really want to get that because I want to like actually, if you're up for it, Rami, I want to play because I used to love like Wipeout and stuff. But it's I love Wipeout. Who didn't love Wipeout? But it's only fun with friends. Like, you want to be with some buddies, and you swap over, and you get really into beating the levels, moving up, and it's so good. Wiping each other out. I I'm still waiting for games like this, and people that are willing to deal with it. To be fair, th this is a game that's now going to... I mean, this is... It may even... If it's not already out, it's coming out soon. And it's going to be... Yes, you can put it on a massive screen if you want an incredible resolution, but why not just go VR anyway? I think the thing is, is yeah, but I think I think maybe this is more affordable than VR. But I... yeah, but isn't that the point of the PlayStation Pro? 
and the Scorpio. I thought the other point of them was they've got the bigger graphics chips in them to be able to deal with the VR headsets better. Yeah, there's there's going to be a lot of things that they're going to have to track. They're going to need a bit of, bit of processing power behind it to do that. Tony, NVIDIA G, uh, GTX 970 series and above, or is it 960 series and above? As soon as they can match that, no problem. I mean, my view is, with the whole situation, is I think that for certain, like, I think we're not necessarily the best people to represent the general audience, because I think, like, we're, Rami and Dad, they, they like the shiny technology. I mean, personally, I don't see the point because I just want to play the games. But I think if you look at the general gaming market, I think this is more of a technology kind of thing. Technophile. This is a race. PlayStation is, I mean, as much as I detest Sony, it looks like they're sort of winning the race here because they're going to be the first console out there that has a VR-ready system so people can get straight in there. They're going to have it marketable with this model, pretty much. And as soon as they do that, congratulations. If they've gotten in, they can get as much VR software out as they want because there's, it's not like they're shy of indie developers willing to get their work out as swiftly as possible. They get the plum pick. It's not only that. Sony's VR is the affordable option compared to the rest of the VR headsets. At the moment. At the moment, yeah. Until all the time being, but then again, still get that initial market. Well, and the initial market's what's important. I mean, look at the Xbox versus PlayStation Blu ray versus HD disc thing. Like, it pretty much set what was the next version of DVD, like, you know, or film for the, the whole market of film. Sony are basically going to be taking a rather brave step out there because at the end of the day, people might turn around and say, This VR kit, it's nice and all that, but it's not worth it. In which case, everybody that follows them will be able to go, okay, we don't produce an, uh, a VR set that's that good to begin with. We put it out there so people can have it, but we don't charge as much. So they're taking a very, very tentative dip in the water here. They're trying to be pragmatic, which is probably the best bet. I have a theory, with no basis in reality, I've not seen anything about it, but my theory is that the Project Scorpio, when it releases... Is it's going to be Microsoft's 3D platform? The VR platform, you mean? Scorpio's for the PC users, though. Oh, Scorpio is Scorpio is it's an upgrade, very very uprated Xbox One. Yeah, it's it's using yeah we we've seen the uh, what is it six teraflops for that. I mean that kind of clocking. It's there for the gaming PCs that basically outstrip consoles time over time not worried about a 30 frames per second cap that you get with so much of the console stuff. They're expecting to push 120 <laughs> in a fully rendered 3D virtual reality environment. My theory, my theory is that the Scorpio is going to be, if you compare it to gaming PCs, you can buy a budget PC that will run Warcraft quite happily. It will run the game, you can play the game, it might be a bit laggy, but not great graphics and all the rest of it. Then you can buy a mid-range PC might be a bit more aimed towards gaming. You might swap out a few things, put a nice graphics card in it, make it all shiny. And then you can go to someone like Overclockers and spend a ridiculous amount of money on the ultimate gaming PC. I think the ultimate gaming PC option is going to be the Xbox Scorpio. You've got the regular Xbox, you've got the Xbox Slim now, and Scorpio. So there's your three categories. 
I think the VR component for Scorpio is probably going to be modular. So some people that want to, to go to the cheaper end of the scale buy Oculus Rift. And those that want the ultimate go for Vive, which is considerably more expensive. So it's going to be effectively a build-your-own system. This is where I see the problem with, with this whole thing. It's that one of the great things about consoles, for, for, for from a user perspective, at, at least for me, as someone who's, who, you know, I, I try and keep up to date with the PC, but sometimes I can't afford it, and not a lot of people can. So, one of the great things about... You could if you, if you didn't bother with the console. <laughs> I know, but I think, I, think, I think the point I'm making is a console for me is always there in the sense that it's probably going to be out for about seven to ten years, potentially looking at the last generation. You're in a situation where you're not going to have to keep upgrading and doing all this stuff, and and it just works, and everyone can access that, and you can experience the same games. That's what Scorpio will be. It's a level playing field. I think you're being remarkably optimistic about the seven years. Oh, you you, you know what I mean. Though. I really can't say most of the current consoles lasting past two or three. I mean, PS4's been out on Xbox for a couple, like two or three years, and and it sounds like they're still going to be fairly. In the same-ish state. Microsoft has said that the Scorpio that is effectively going to be the last piece of hardware that it build. The rest will be software updates. So, when I was talking about the VR being modular, your console will still be your console. It will just be... It's like buying a controller. You can buy a box-standard Xbox One controller. Or you can buy the Elite controller controller, which is considerably more expensive, has extra buttons, programmable this, that and the other, swappable bits and pieces here and there. So it's a peripheral. The peripheral market can be whatever it wants, but as long as the console is effectively the same for every user, it doesn't matter what the peripherals are. It's no different to having a Blu-ray player hooked up to a 1080p TV or a 4K TV. But then why don't you just buy a PC? It just sounds like you're describing a PC. Essentially, you just buy bits. My argument entirely. <laughs> I rest my case. Because <laughs> it's a PC that you like, don't, I don't, have to I don't. I think. I think. I think. I don't understand what like it's like. Either do a PC or not. Like I. I. I think it's what I don't understand. Like I specifically like the fact with consoles that I buy the console. It lasts me a fair amount of time. And I have lots of games to access. Like all this kind of like, oh, is this game going to work because I might have to upgrade the graphics module or whatever? It's like, well, why don't I just buy a PC? Then I can like, it's a bit simpler and probably less expensive to do because it will be more expensive to buy modules. The idea is that the Scorpio won't need physical upgrades to the console. Will be streaming based. What they're saying, I think, Microsoft is. Scorpio is going to be their last generation. You'll be able to buy the Scorpio when it comes out. will be the highest end Xbox with all the bells and whistles. But you can buy an Xbox game and play it on the bells and whistles one or your Xbox one or the Slim. And if in a couple of years time they decide to release a new Scorpio that's even more kick-ass, it'll still play the game on the older Scorpio or the Xbox One, it will play across all the the family, as it were. I think is what they're doing. But they're aiming for a, a single machine. In the three uh, stuff that they did about the uh, the player base, it looked like they were trying to uh, unify the gaming 
area, so we're all playing on the same playground. As far as I can tell, Microsoft isn't really all that chuffed about it being Microsoft and Sony. They want the players to be able to play across everything. Well, yeah, because you can make a lot more money than if everything releases on PC and Xbox. So I, I, I... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can we all just get along? No, we can't. <laughs> I, I just, I just kind of think like for. For, I mean, I suppose it makes sense because for people that aren't that savvy with PCs, which actually is a widening group of people because of... No, it isn't. It's getting smaller. People's kids are learning computers. No, 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 no. Wait, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out on this one. Hear me out on this one. You're going to have to try real okay, hard. Okay, I, I, I will fucking convince you on this one, I reckon. Right, because, right, your generation, because you guys a bit older than me, you grew up on, like, DOS and shit, right? You know, you sort of grew... And, be particularly like interested in that area to kind of get involved in it. My generation, similarly, we, we kind of grew up on Windows 95 and upwards, and I did a bit of DOS as a little kid, but I knew a lot about Windows and how to do things in Windows and that kind of thing. I think, personally, kids nowadays at school are actually, in, in terms of their main interaction with the internet, I think a lot of their interaction is through tablets uh, and, and, and less through an actual desktop um, or even a laptop. A lot of their interaction yeah, it's mainly tablet. It might be the occasional laptop. They probably use they probably use their Xbox and all the rest of it to to view YouTube when their parents are actually watching over their shoulder. But when they go to school, they have the opportunity to learn Scratch. Yeah, but they've got the building blocks to Python. It's not enough. Children are still learning to use the machines. But I I think it's all with GUIs. It's it isn't it isn't the back end though. It's all it's all learning coding through applications like um, iPhone or. They're not learning how to actually operate the machines. Yeah. But they are learning how to operate the machines. They are learning how to turn things on. They have seen Windows. They get to see this kind of technology all the time. Just because we didn't have it doesn't mean they're not seeing it and in plentiful. I mean, I've got a. Yeah, but Microsoft uh, doesn't want just to been go to see friends down though. south, and they're going to do computer science. They're doing computer science in. Uh, I think it's either. I think it's essentially comprehensive school. No, but I mean, Microsoft do not really want people having that kind of um, ability to, to to work through the back end. I mean, look at uh, look at Windows. Oh, shit! Hold on. Of course they do. They've got the Microsoft certificate for an engineering certificate. Wait a minute on this. How 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 is it going to go? Because eight point one people. Uh, no, eight. Sorry, people fucking hate it, right? But now they're like. Haha, but Windows 10 is going to last forever, and Xbox now is going to last forever, and they're going to be a unified system, and it's going to be like Mac where there's OS updates, and we are, you know, we have full control, and people have no fucking choice because we're going to force them to Windows 10 anyway, and 7 will become redundant anyway after a certain point. So they now we're going to have full control over the future, and people are going to have to like it or lump it unless they switch OS. We're all going to be becoming redundant over time anyway. This is progress. Deal with the change. I know, but what I'm saying about the change is, is, is that it's going to become more GUI by intensive to, to the point where people don't necessarily understand the, the back end. Oh, that's why you've got latter... If you want to go, go into computer science, you're going to learn it. And kids are picking computer science. They probably are nowadays, actually, yeah. They are. Scratch is available in every primary school. They can just download it, computer that got there. The middle school here in the north of England, of all places, has a copy on each on, on each computer they've got in their IT department. This is a school for 11-year-olds. They've got Scratch. They're learning Python now. We, this is the UK. We have 
always been ahead of the curve on this game. We've always been teaching our kids. And yes, it's been kind of problematic along the lines, but we've, we've put it in schools. It's part of general ed education now. I actually think that, yes, okay, there are a lot of kids that would prefer the convenience of a console. So they don't actually have to worry about loading up Windows, putting in passwords, doing all this, that, and the other, turning away their emails. They just want to go onto the console and play a game. Fine, fair dues. There's a lot of adults like that because they think, oh, I'm too old to get into computers. But I've just taken a picture of my mum who's been recording things with a mobile phone, playing it over a Bluetooth headset, and actually using a stylus whilst doing it. So, no, you, I, I really don't want to say this, but you can teach an old dog new tricks. I'm going to get punched for that one. You know, I, I, I totally agree. And I think, actually, from sort of your generation, my generation onwards, people have a real interest in technology and people are a lot more confident. I mean, I currently work, work in a school as, a, as t doing IT, and it is quite amazing, and I suppose it's the age thing as well, actually, but it, a, a lot of people above a certain age don't appear to have a lot of confidence with, with, with playing about and getting something working, when a lot of things are literally switch it on and off. It is, I know it's a joke, but it actually works nine times out of ten. In trying to trying not to sound morbid, but we're replacing those people every day. It's true. It's very true, and I. It's no, but it's a very good point. <laughs> In the workforce, they're not actually kind of you know that's that's a diminishing number of people that aren't actually proficient with computers in any way, shape, or form. No offense to them, but hey, this is progress. Enjoy. I know that sounds entirely cold, but I think we I've need to that. segue just something else but I have got something that I, I do need to pop in very briefly seeing to talk about PlayStation that I forgot to mention to you guys I don't know if you picked up on it but I think it's, it's pretty relevant and it came to mind just a second ago PlayStation Now just the streaming service on, on the PlayStation Network is now on PC so get like PS3 games that maybe haven't had a chance to play like uh, Last of Us can now play uh, on PC via streaming, so there, there, there's that. That's an interesting new thing for a cost. Yeah, it's like Netflix for PS3 games, isn't it? I don't think the library's that good, to be honest. I have been on it. As far as I was aware, position now was a chargeable thing. Yeah, it is. It's, it's cool. It, it works with an Xbox controller and a you know whatever really. Here's the question, if PlayStation's now chargeable, could anybody explain to me be, what the deal is with the mods for the games like Fallout and Skyrim? Because I'm, I'm missing the point on this. What's this? Is there, is, does this mean that PlayStation 4 players can't get a hold of the community mods and builds? Yes, it does. From the rest of the internet? Basically, this, this is something that's come to my attention. Um, there is, on Facebook, there's something called the Fallout Club which is mostly UK Fallout players on both consoles. So it's PlayStation 4 and Xbox in the same place. Currently, the Xbox... not killing each other with sticks? No, no, they're actually being nice to each other for a change. Well, shit. Um, at the moment, the Xbox players are, are quite happy because Bethesda and Microsoft are letting them use community-built mods that have been vetted, as long as they're under 2 gig, I think it is, uh, to play Fallout. So you, oh, right. you can mod your Fallout, you can run around with a pink power suit if you really, really want to. Who wouldn't want to? Just expect to use up a lot of hard drive space. <laughs> uh, two gig a time, it will start to eat into your memory, your, your backup storage, but if yeah. that's the only game you've got it's on there... It's worth it, some of those mods are brill. You can always stick an external hard drive on a 
on an Xbox, something that PlayStation won't let you do. But the feeling in the community is divided. Xbox are really happy and PlayStation are fuming. Uh, they're fuming because Sony have refused to let them play with the mods. And it is a big deal. Yeah. That will be the same for Skyrim and Elder Scrolls. It's one of the most beautiful parts about everything Bethesda has been doing is the community build. I mean, Fallout 4's com- like building community for, for all the different communities you can have. And the variation I've seen turn up in some of the YouTube videos has been phenomenal. And the fact that you can just... Have you seen uh, Endrial? I haven't played it yet, but it's a full conversion mod made by some German guys for Skyrim. And apparently it's massive and it's really, really good. Someone's actually spent the last how, five years, six years, making a whole new game. Amazing. I suggest you download that on PC because uh, as it currently stands, it doesn't look like you'll be able to play it on PlayStation. Or Xbox because there's a download cap for mods, unfortunately. But at least you get some of them. All it needs is <laughs> someone at Bethesda to see it and go, well, do you mind if we take this and put it into this app. I think Bethesda have seen it, I'm sure. Well, it may be a case of they're in negotiations with the creator. Yeah. That's all down to copyright laws and intellectual properties and whose is whose and who used whose to make theirs. I mean, I certainly think it would be a good little money spinner. It's basically the same argument that the guys that uh, Blizzard and the guys that made Dota had. Because they used the Warcraft 3 engine to make the original Dota. Here we regress to the moment where the players turn round to the companies and say, Release the lawyers! <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. And we can forget about whatever it was for the ne- at least six months while they basically jar their chins over it and then actually expect us to pay even more for a product that we were expecting months and months before because somebody got bothered about the fact that the word Sky was in its name or some shit like that. <laughs> Mm, sorry. Yeah, unfortunately, sorry. at the moment, as it stands, there's no mods on Sony. Once more, I go, ha! And that's why I'm a PC player. Has Sony released a statement as to why they hate the the community? Or no, no, it's not about hating the community. I mean, Dad was mentioning it earlier. I do think it's to do with security, you know, and I think that's a really good point Dad made made to me earlier on. Like, I think it is to do with that kind of thing. It's quite hard to manage that kind of thing as well. Security? Really? The mods? I, I don't see how they can be having such a problem since Xbox have managed it. And technically, the Sony PlayStation's a more impressive machine. So what's the problem? Are they, are they still worried that they're going to lose all their client data again? Shouting out to Anonymous there. Nice work. I mean, I don't, I, I don't think Sony's come out with a statement. I know that Bethesda's blaming them, so I don't, I don't really know what really happened. And you probably never will. No. We change the direction. Someone is letting their intellectual properties go onto other formats. It's Nintendo with the imminent release of Super Mario Run. Oh, you'll be downloading that then, Ferg. Oh yeah, need a new punching bag. I think it's one of only about two games that have ever been done as mobile games. But I know for a fact it's going to be available on iOS. don't know about the Google Store, unfortunately, because I don't have access to a Google Store. I imagine it will be. Most things tend to come out on both now. It's an interesting move to see... Well, that's in reaction to the Pokemon Go, isn't it? They've seen what it can do to their share price if they release a mobile game and they've gone brilliant. 
yeah. cash cow there. Yeah. And if we take our, our most famous intellectual property and do something with it, we'll go through the roof. Uh, I believe there's millions of people already sat there, like several million people sat there waiting. Ooh, it looks very microtransaction I can't wait for them to actually say, right, now, when you go for your next walk, go pick some mushrooms. Not those ones. <laughs> <laughs> now, in order to fix a toilet, you need to get some pasta bolognese, uh, get a wrench, and then pick it up as you go along. Get 20 stars if you don't cause the room to explode. Can I just add a quick, like, two very short things to what we were saying about Skyrim as well? I don't mean to go back to a subject, but PC version is getting the remastered version free. And also, I was going to buy it on PlayStation 4, but to be honest, I was like, I might just try and mod the hell out of it with the all the community graphics and things, and you can make it look a hell of a lot better than the remastered version, which I've done. And, I mean, go and watch the videos out there if you want to do it, but the, there's a lot you can do. I think the Legendary Edition, if you get it now, is probably incredibly cheap on Steam, which has everything. Oh, right, and then just not bother with the remastered and just use the mods. I, I mean, if you've got a good PC and you've got a controller you can plug into it, and you, it's probably better to just get it on PC. To be perfectly honest, I've already bought. I've already bought Skyrim, and I get the remastered version for free. Yeah, exactly. It's lovely. <laughs> I don't need to buy a new. I mean, bit. they had to do that because the the community's already remastered it much better than than Bethesda have. So, I mean, you know, you can put in 4K textures and all craziness. But anyway, I'll stop going on about Skyrim. Spect Andromeda. Did anyone see anything on this? Because you guys don't seem that keen on following this game. I, I've got to be honest, I haven't really followed the series, so... There is a morbid curiosity. That's my, day, that's my word of the day. Morbid curiosity in what they're going to do with Andromeda. There's, uh, there's a part of me that says, maybe, maybe, just what if they can give us that same sense of adventure and fun that was in the first game that sort of gradually disappeared and more importantly can they actually have a story that doesn't suck well one thing i did see on that is apparently uh when you pick your character you'll pick one of a, a sibling so if you play a chick your brother will be out there somewhere in the, the universe or if you play the guy your sister will be out there somewhere in the universe for part of the story. That's all I've seen about it. So this is probably going to be another three games then? I think I think what's interesting, I mean, I there was, to be honest, Mass Effect 1 was my favourite, but I think some of the aspects of that game that Ferg might be referring to, I don't know, uh, is maybe the exploration parts? I don't... Is that what you were... Is that one of the things? Like, did you feel it was a bit more open-ended than less linear? What? Mass of, the original Mass Effect trilogy? No, I think they managed to... I think... No, no, I meant the first game. First game, I, I actually really liked the first Mass Effect game. I thought it was really well crafted. It had a lovely bit of background in game if you could actually be bothered to spend the time reading it. I loved the combat engine. It was beautifully fluid. The introduction of the characters wasn't that tropey. I mean, it was tropey, but it could have been considerably cheesier. Character archetypes were exactly what you were expecting. They they did. They made some of them entirely likable. You wanted to see some of them return for another game after you met them. There were some. It, it basically had all the hallmarks of Bioware's ability to write a fine story, including the ability to lose members of your own team because of the decisions you have made. In some cases, lethally, <laughs> and that was cool. 
and then yeah they offered a they offered us something it was limited in its first game but i, I could skip past that i didn't even really mind the world exploration in the rover finding bits and pieces that was entirely lovely to be honest nice i didn't need the multiplayer in there that was a role-playing game story that i could really get behind and the moment the latter games came out yeah lost their way. Was, i think they lost their way because the original technical competence that was involved writing and gaming wise was stripped down untimely and the bioware that we'd come to know and love became a shadow pale of a shadow pale shade of itself <laughs> see i i actually preferred the story of the second one um uh, because i felt it was darker but um what i will say my my major concerns about this game i mean i am looking forward to because i actually do like the original mass effect trilogy but my big concern is they're having a focus on exploration and while that sounds really good uh, if you like the first game and, and exploring around the thing that concerns me about it is what do we mean by exploration? When we look at recent hist like history of Bioware, you look back at Dragon Age Inquisition. Maybe their concept of exploration, if you look at their last game, is let's build an MMO uh, world in which you can do quests that are pretty much kill five of these, you know, go to these points of interest. Is Mass Effect Andromeda going to be an MMO? No, 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 but... but but what I'm saying is that Dragon Age Inquisition, to me, I liked some of the story and things, but it played like an MMO without other people. But single player. Yeah, it was single player, but it had all these side quests, inverted commas, that really were about going to points of interest and clicking on things and, like, massive worlds, but you're kind of like, this is filled with an MMO, which, it, why, why, you know, these are wow fucking mechanics, which are not really that fun it's why world of warcraft like does you know level up to level 100 straight away because their old content really is a concept to le leveling is not really that exciting and i think they've improved on it with later expansions but why would you put that in an rpg like it's just I don't know. padding yeah it's adding content it's adding mechanic. It's either testing mechanic or they think it's a good idea. It's just the expression of the computer game. I try not to let it get... Try not to predict where those kind of things are going to go. It would be nice... I mean, it's one of the reasons why, you know, the, the Bethesda engines like um, Fallout and Elder Scrolls do as well as they do as the first-person adventure games they do, because you're making your own adventures, while the Bioware stuff was actually very much story-driven. <laughs> yeah. You know, I love Jade Empire. Yeah, Jade Empire was fun. Kotor I mean, was. You can't really go across. Yeah, Kotor was just genius, but they were all very story driven, like Skyrim, like Fallout. I didn't feel that. I, Mass Effect followed exactly the same manner. It was supposed to be very story driven, and I don't know if they would actually. I think if there is an exploration element in Andromeda, it's so you can go and find the plot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. I, I like linear, linearity with Bioware games, personally. <laughs> but anyway, we should move on. Oh, but, but but last point on Mass Effect, there was a video that came out where you can see some gameplay, and it was done on a PS uh, Pro? PS4 Pro, that's what it's called now. 
and it looks amazing. Like if if you've got four K TV, check it out. It looks really cool. There's some really cool stuff going on in it, but it's it doesn't really tell you much about the game, but it looks amazing. Oh right. Mafia three. I suspect it's going to be a lovely kind of mid-ground between that whole sandbox playing environment and intensive story action. From what I've seen, the soundtrack for it looks awesome as well. Hmm, yeah. It's just, it's a proper sleeper one as well. I mean, I think uh, news outlets are really, uh, you know, like uh, games journalists are really picking up on it at the moment. A lot of them have had a five-hour test play. It deals with a lot of really strong issues, and it, and and from what they've said, it does not shy away from it. There's, you know, the main character is half uh, black, half Hispanic, I think, and he gets a lot of sh- like racist shit. Like it's really brutal. In fact, they had to tone it down uh, because they had people on the streets being racially abusive to the character as well, and they were like, "This is actually too much." But even though it represents the times, so they've tried really hard to make it realistic. When is it set, Mafia 3? 60s, I think. I thought it was like maybe the beginning of the 70s, just as at the end of the Vietnam War. Yeah, you're yes, right. I think it is. I think, I think the primary character is just coming back from Vietnam. He has found himself back into his home city, and he's now getting to see it, well, for what it is. And he's decided the best way is his way. Put together the new mob bosses, keep them managed, and go out there and, well, take the fight to somebody else. <laughs> take control of the city. And I think there's a whole the whole thing about his family having connections, I think, or his dad dying or something. There's like some kind of like interesting premise. And Mafia games tend to take place over several years, yeah, which is, is cool. Oh, right. It gives a sense of scale. Because I've never played any of the Mafia series, so... I mean, I, I would recommend to anyone pick up Mafia 2. It's really good. It looks beautiful still. And it's got quite a... It has got this issue that it's an open world, but there's not much to do in it. It's a very, like, story-focused game. So you can drive cars. Yeah. Fast. Yeah. Well, you know, 30s fast. <laughs> One of the cool thing is, is you see over, over the years, there's new cars... Because it's been five or ten years, and you know all these different things change, which is is cool. I mean, it's I I would definitely recommend picking up Mafia Two uh, to anyone because it is it's a really good game. I I have to confess that there's one game that I'm looking I I'd, I'd really like to pick up. I don't think I'm going to have the time to take on the Mafia games with some of the other stuff that I'd like to do. But Mafia Three is really yeah, it's singing to me. I think it's going to be. Big, I like the look of I'll it. I'll be honest. I think it's going to be graphic. <laughs> I think it's going to be pretty nasty. Yeah, and I, I think it will be the GTA of the year, but I think in, in its own right and quite slightly different, more story-focused, and I think it will be really well-received because actually the media outlets this time are proper hyping it, and it is a good series, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be a good game. Yes. Speaking of games that are now pretty much... Uh, yes, this, the, the Disney Infinity is dead. Who? The Infinity version 3.0, the, the 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 online play box thing. What 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 do you do in it? <laughs> what is this? It's basically Skylanders with Disney. It's a Toys to Life game, a bit like Lego Dimensions and Skylanders. The current iteration, which is version 3.0, is their last iteration. They're not going to continue after this, and they're not going to release any more new characters or. They, they just basically haven't really followed up on it. 
made a lot of interesting judgment calls and some of them didn't go down well like not being able to mix up the play sets so if you have a character like Lilo and Stitch you can't mix them up with characters like Sam Flynn from Tron or any of the Star Wars characters in the world you can't mix characters in the toy yes. box mode you can play with whatever you like yeah then you've got to create your your own game to play in yes so you're going to be sinking time into it, but it looks like they've really not pushed any further because I just don't think they were... People were looking at the Skylanders and the Lego stuff and they were thinking, right, I've already bought this stuff and I don't have a shelf or another drawer for all these miniatures that kids might not play on very often. To be honest, I think it's really unfortunate because my kids love Disney and Marvel, of course, are under the umbrella. Star Wars are under the umbrella. Massive fans of both of those. The, the characters they actually release for Infinity are really nicely crafted. Very cool. Yeah, they look great. They look awesome. So it is a shame because my kids love Infinity. I think it's down to Lego. Lego seems to have come along and they've owned the market. It's either exceptionally well timed on Lego's arrival, or Lego has something to do with with the poor sales and the choice to to finish the line. Essentially, for someone that hasn't played this game, because I mean, I, I've got a rough idea of it because I think I have seen things on, on it in the past, but what is Disney Infinity? Because I think that's important to define, because I'm not really... It's a Toys to Life game. Toys to Life games are games where you have a USB portal plugged into the side of your console, and you put action figures onto, onto the portal, and they appear in-game to be able to be used as an in-game character. Right. Each of them having their own special moves. Kind of like in a MOBA. Usually fairly simple ones. The extra characters are usually released as effectively add-ons. So you can, bu you can buy extra characters. Obviously it's a, a very good marketing scheme for the company because they get to sell extra add-on parts to their game. Um, it's the same with LEGO as well. Um, LEGO is a bit different in the fact that they have stated there's only going to be one portal and uh, having seen the upcoming release schedule, their model is, is a very good one. A lot of the others tend to release, oh look, here's the new game, and here's a new portal. So I've bought every version of Disney Infinity for the kids. You'll have three portals then. I've got three portals. I, I, I don't need three portals, I need one portal. It should only need the one. When it came to buying uh, Infinity 3.0 for Christmas last year, I, I looked around the shops and the cheapest way to do it to buy the set that came with the portal it was so much cheaper than buying the actual just the standalone game because I already had the portal. It's just crazy. I was put off it predominantly because of the pricing and as soon as I actually looked at it because I was going to do a sort of review type thing and I was put off it because I realised right, they started me with this very finite number of characters that I don't need the miniatures for. I could still go out and buy those characters as miniatures, so, but why would I want to unless I wanted the complete trophy set? Yeah, when I found out that you couldn't mix up the themes, I was kind of put off it entirely. And that, but suffice to say, Disney Infinity, uh, they've managed to basically do rather an interesting run here because now all of those miniatures 
and the portals and whatnot effectively just became collector's items. If you happen to own these, you can be guaranteed there are only a finite number of them left in existence. And since they're not going to be publishing anymore, if you still have a full set, or you're able to collect all of the models and still have access to all of the software, then you're actually onto a bit of a collector's item there. Yeah. I wonder how long they'll be, it'll be before they're actually worth anything. <laughs> I don't know. I still have a full collection of Star Wars puzzles. The servers will probably go down in a year. Bye-bye, Disney's Infinity. Um, so long and thanks for all the fish. Game's coming out this month. We, we might rush through a few of these, right? Because, I mean, so, some of them... We, we... Oh, so these we're not really that bothered about. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> yeah, to, to be brutally honest, and we don't might not have a lot to say on them. I mean, they, it's, it's worth mentioning because people like different games, but, I mean, unfortunately, we... Yeah. generally have similarish tastes in games up to a certain extent, so it can be a bit difficult that we're a bit linear in our... Geeks! And, and we've only got so much money. Yeah. I think is the yeah. true limit, in fact. That on, because we'd buy loads of them if we could afford them all, but we do have to pick and choose what we are going to pick up. But also time, isn't it? I mean... Hey, if someone wants to buy me Forza 3, right... I will review it for them. I will dedicate it to them, but to be perfectly honest, I can't afford it. I won't be reviewing it otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, if you buy it to me, switch seriously. Yeah, sure. I think that's the thing, you know, I mean, we're up for reviewing anything, really. At the moment, it is basically pick and choose. I mean, I'll talk about it later, but I reviewed a game that well, I haven't actually put out the article yet, so it's probably a good time for me to mention it in this podcast. I reviewed a game that the company uh, asked us to review, so you know, we, we, we are doing that kind of thing when they come along. Yeah. Anyway, 9th of September, we've got Elder Scrolls Online Gold Edition. Yes. PS4 and Xbox, isn't it? Yeah, it's on both PC as well. Game of the Year Edition. I've got it online. It's kind of fun. It's just like a... I don't, know, I, I don't really have the time to invest in it, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. If I had more time, it'd be fun. Neither do I, but I would... If I was going to do a Memorpiga, I would probably do that one. Uh, it's quite good. They've got a lot of content in terms of story. I think it's a good MMO, actually, from all accounts. It's It's got good reviews on Steam, I'll give it that much. A lot of people that say nice things about it. It had a few issues to start with. Yeah, yeah but I think they've ironed most of those out now. To be honest, I think they did a wonderful job by simply not bothering with subscription and setting it at a set price. That seems to have done the trick. They've also been very, you know, because one of the limiting factors of the game originally was that you picked a side, and there were three, there were three factions, and you could only see the content of your faction. Um, but I think one of the things they are doing, I read somewhere, and they might have already done it, um, or it might be part of this gold edition even, is that they're now changing it so people can can experience the other factions' content, which is three times content of the game for everyone. So there's things like that that they've done, which is clever. You know, it's, it's a good idea. It's basically a free load of work off their backs, really. The 15th of September? Pro Evolution Soccer 2017. So, I mean, I'm sure lots of people are excited about this. I don't think any of us are. Yeah, but it, it's, yeah no. not even remotely. I... I, I... I don't think we've got one football fan here. I can't we? play football and I, I could never get into it, really. I've read comics. Instead. I played computer games and yeah. comics. Yeah. Yeah, computer Sorry, games. Football. Woo! If I could be goalkeeper, I was the worst goalkeeper ever because I would just be like stood in the corner going like, I'm bored. 
this is not exercise, this is cold. <laughs> <laughs> right, moving on, it's a football game. Yeah, 16th of September is the PS4 Slimline at 259. Uh, it's also the same day that Recall comes out on the Xbox One. Uh, Dragon Quest VII is released and also NBA 2K17. Hasn't there already been a Dragon Quest VII? Uh, they keep making these weird ones like Dragon Quest Heroes. and uh, I mean, dra- I thought Dragon Quest was going to be quite a good... Uh, Game, but... Yeah, but I could have swore Dragon Quest Seven has already come out on some else. It has. It came out originally on PlayStation. That's it. It's probably being re-released. Right. Okay. Because I'm sure I even played that. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to mention Recall briefly, though. Yes, I've been the... seeing information about that, saying it's going to be the next Zelda. Yeah, Zelda for Xbox, basically. Yeah. Interesting. Which is just interesting to see a Zelda Star game or something else than Nintendo. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that does. It's, it's one I'd be interested in, but with other things coming out, it's further down the pile, so it probably won't happen. It's a difficult... Well, I mean, o- October, maybe not September, October's a difficult month. There's a lot of choice. Anyway, on Bioshock, which I'm sure Dad's hyped about. It's one of his favourites. I'm I'm looking forward to Bioshock. It, from what I've seen of it, it looks absolutely stunning. And it's been a while since I played the first two anyway. So. I remember playing the first one on, uh, I don't know, a console or PC, and wow, that beginning just is just gorgeous. You're like... I love the first Bioshock. Yeah, it's just beautiful. Second was alright. I just never got into the third. I gave it a go. Yeah, I gave the third a go, but I just take the time like I did with the first two. I must confess, as much as I enjoyed all three, to be honest, for what they were, I'm not going to be going back to Bioshock. They've told me their story. I don't need a prettier version of that one. I mean, I like games, but they're not, for me, they're not particularly replayable. But then, I don't know. Like, it, it depends. That's just it. it. They weren't replayable for me. Like, the story, don't get me wrong, the engine was lovely, but I don't need any more from that. Things catch people. It's like, I play Final Fantasy VII probably every two years, and most people would look at it and go, Jesus, why would you play that? It looks Wow. Awesome. wow. That's impressed. I, I would ask that question, definitely. Why would you do that? Why? I love the story, especially 8 as well. I love 7 and 8, but I, I just love the story. Moving on to the... 7 and 8 of what, sorry? Final Fantasy. Oh, actually, I just said this earlier, quick quick thing. There's rumours that Final Fantasy VII Remake Episode One is coming out in March. But anyway, I will not go into loads of detail about that, because I'll just keep talking. <laughs> right. Right, 23rd. Forza Horizon 3 on the 23rd. It's the ultimate Forza Horizon 3. Okay. Four days early access and a load of DLC content with the ultimate right. edition. Um, and then if you don't want all of that, you don't want to play it four days early with everyone else, uh, on the 27th, the regular edition is released. So, depends on the size of your wallet. <laughs> I bet it looks good. Like, it's, yeah. it, it probably is a lot of fun, especially for driving game enthusiasts. It's a driving game, it'll look absolutely blisteringly gorgeous. Pretty much a given. The Ultimate Edition is for the. It's designed for the Forza fans, the people who spend ninety percent of their gaming career playing Forza. Does it have a whole ranked and competitive system? Very likely. <laughs> if it didn't, I would actually be genuinely shocked. 
I think with the racing games and with the football games, you get some people that literally they'll buy the console and that's the game they'll play. The latest edition, that's their one game that they play. Happens quite a lot. Um, it's like MOBAs, isn't it? Or Warcraft. That, if that's what gets the locks off, then go for your life. Please do. Uh, but you won't find me on any of your lobbies, okay? <laughs> you probably wouldn't want me there anyway. But I do. I think competition's a really big thing in, in games that sustains their life so much now. Like with MOBA, I mean, MOBAs are literally one map you just repeat for years. <laughs> Thousands of times you play the same map. Like. Technically, one word for you. E-sport. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> Just go for your life. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be getting bigger and bigger, e-sport. It will be. It, FIFA, FIFA 17 is, I mean, that's out on the, what, 29th of September? In, in, in all, across all the various platforms, let's be honest. <sighs> There's 17, for pity's sakes, it's probably been that many FIFA games. And it's never getting old. It's more than that. Is it? God, I, I don't have that one iota. Uh, it's just another game that I'm going to ignore. But hey, as a mainstay gaming trope, it's, it, as much as I hate the word, iconic, FIFA most certainly has become that in the gaming industry because it appeases so many football fans. And it's got a massive following. And a lot of people like football. Yeah, because they get... I, I mean... As much as I hate to say this, but I can't imagine there's an awful lot of actual football fan gamers who are really that bothered about the real, you know, the real technical specifications about their console that they're playing it on. I can imagine FIFA games doing a lot better on console than I can see them doing on PC for some reason. Maybe that's just because the you know sports people they don't want to learn the computer; they want to get back into the sports. <laughs> so, and a console's convenient. And it's plug and play done. I mean, that's just a massive assumption on my point. Um, and then I suppose, yeah, dead 30th of September, Lego Dimensions. Yes, the one I'm looking forward to is Wave 6 of Lego Dimensions. Uh, that's going to be the Ghostbusters story pack, uh, the 18 uh, single figure fun pack, uh, Mission Impossible level pack, uh, the Harry Potter level pack, and the Adventure Time level pack and team pack. Oh, wow. Adventure Time get level pack? Yes. That's awesome. And also, the 30th of September is XCOM 2, which is one that Rami wants. Yes! Yeah, I'm desperate to play that game. So desperate. If I had a console, I'd buy that. <laughs> I'm, I'm a massive XCOM fan. Always I love the first one. Always will be. Always will be. It's a good time, that, as well, because that's, like, literally the day before payday, or potentially payday. Nice. Well, that's my payday, the 30th, so it's like, ah. Uh, Straight out the bank. <laughs> do I want to eat the last two weeks of that month? Not as much as I want to play XCOM. You can go without dinner for, like, a week just to play XCOM. You'd be too enthralled, anyway. It's XCOM 2. You don't need food. You've got more important things to do. <laughs> I'll be playing XCOM. It'll be fine. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Julian Gollop's doing. Uh, well, the Gollop brothers, what they're actually going to be doing, because they're still in the industry. 
In fact, one of them actually released not that long ago. I think it was just last year, maybe. Um, Chaos Reborn. Does anybody? Re I mean, okay, I'm going to show my age here. Does anybody remember the uh, Spectrum 48K with the rubber keys? Yeah. Did you ever remember a lovely little game called Chaos? Lords of Chaos or uh, Laser Squad, as it was called. Laser Squad, yeah. Rebel Star, Rebel Star 2. I know I'm kind of pushing the clock back here a fair, fair bit. These were all games done by the Gollop Brothers, and they are the, 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 the basis, you know, they were the, the platform by which um, the XCOM franchise were preceded. And it, they are absolutely brilliant games. And Chaos was essentially a duel. Each player plays a wizard. And these wizards are able to summon um, all sorts. They can chuck magical darts. They can summon gooey blobs. <laughs> they can start fires. They can summon centaurs. Te technically, they can have dragons, brownies, all sorts. And they duel in an arena. And that's how it plays. It's a lovely turn-based system. It shows all the hallmarks of their original genius. Um, yeah, Chaos Reborn. You said they can these wizards. Yeah, they can summon brownies. Yes. What do they do? Sell cookies. Take that wizard. Buy my cookies. They're just mana-infused cookies. How else are you going to get them to join your cause? Mana dart. It's just a cookie powered bolt of lightning, cookie flavored. Totally. I just have, yeah, Julian Gollop. Awesome. Awesome game design. So there's some stuff that started showing up on PC? Yes! I'm going to fly through these. Uh, first one that caught my, uh, my attention was Live Lock by Tuke Games and distributed by Perfect World. It's a twin, twin stick top-down shooter. Uh, sort of a three-person co-op with, I suspect, serious couch potential. Each of the three droids have their own specific role within the team. So it's a game that does reward having co-op, co actually teaming up and doing these things. Uh, aside from that, they are effectively trying to save the remnants of oh. humanity in true twin-stick shooter style. I do love a twin-stick shooter. It's essentially just blow every bugger away until you get to the end of the level. <laughs> I'm sure there's more to do it, and each of the robots have their own very specific defenses or attacks or their own, their, their own mobility. There's a whole sort of upgrading thing going in there. It might be worth just checking out the videos on that one. After that, there is a game called The Turing Test by Bulkhead Interactive and is being distributed by Square Enix. So, in Square Enix, for picking up companies and then doing a nice thing with it. Uh, doing nice things with it, uh, this kind of tweaked my interest, especially given how the touring test looks beautiful. 30th of August release on PC and Xbone. Uh, it's a first-person sci-fi puzzler. Apparently one of the most anticipated releases of E3, which I'm not weird because I actually only just heard of it like on the 31st, so go figure. Otherwise, yes, if you're into your sort of I don't want to say Stanley Parable because I might give you the wrong idea, but those kind of games where you're a first-person walk-around puzzle sorter, the touring test suggests an interesting... It's not like Myst, is it? It might have a certain Myst element to it if you like the first-person walk-around perspective. Because Myst was amazing. Yes. Uh, I, well, actually, I, I can't say I really didn't play it. It didn't quite catch me. 
Um, the next one that actually really caught my eye was a little sort of indie pixel title called The Final Station by Oleg Sergeev and Andre Rumak and Do My Best Tiny Build as the distributors. So I'm assuming it's just two guys coming out with a game. It's on Steam at the moment. I said The Final Station, it's a pixel indie action adventure about a train driver after a post-apocalyptic, you know, an apocalyptic event that I'm sure the story will go into, actually goes out into the wasteland on his train, find, survive, bring them back station. Or at least that's what I've read into this. I actually really quite, it really kind of hooked me because it's got this lovely minimalist soundtrack behind it, but really kind of sets itself for its immersion. It, it, it's they're not zombies, they're not even infected, they're sort of fools hanging around Oh wow! in the wasteland. Is the whole thing you're travelling on a train? No, you go out and you find yourself stopping at stations, and going around the stations, finding stuff. And seeing what you can get. Yeah, salvaging stuff and rescuing people as you go, and as you basically pick up people, you fill up your train, you send them back, and stuff happens. I believe that's coming out on X-Bone as well. I'm sure I've seen that in the store, because... Uh... It wouldn't surprise me, and I'm really liking the look of that one. I, I can see myself accidentally sinking hours into that, just because. You have to let me know what it's like, because I know my son was very interested in that, because he loves trains, so... Ah. He's like, oh, it's a game with a train in it, brilliant. Uh, oh yeah, it's good old big. It's a big old train that you're building around with, and I can't. And I'm fairly certain you can upgrade the interior of the train, amongst other things. Yeah, I imagine you. Will. The train is also a part of the RPG system. I've already mentioned Red Out by Thirty Four Big Things, the, the Wipeout wannabe. Uh, but then there's also Space Hulk Deathwing that is uh, impending in the none too distant future by Stream Studios, and this is like. Effectively, this is going to be like playing Space Hulk, but as a first-person shooter. You have a finite number of people. You are, uh, by the looks of it, it is co-op, and you can add bots. But then, from there on in, that is it. You basically follow procedurally generated maps, I suspect, over various hulks, and it will probably pay, play not entirely dissimilar to games like Vermintide, where you can find yourself in different places around the map and then make your way through. But the interior of the Hulks, uh, judging by the videos, look brilliant. This looks like a co-op game that I could probably get behind quite quickly. But I want more information before I even think about going there. Well, I remember the old Space Hulk games. Yeah. They were all... Really enjoyed playing those, actually. Uh, also, worthy of note that in Deathwing, your armor, your Terminator armor, is also location. You know, you can take hits to location. So if you take multiple hits to your right hand, you lose the ability to use your bolter or whatever else is in that weapon slot. Oh, nice. So, you know, wounds... It'll be interesting to see how that does. Yeah. I, I'm very... I, I don't want to say I'm too eager... I kind of am a little bit. I love the IP, but it's it's all going to come down to the execution, because look at Aliens Colonial Marines. I've got a sneaking suspicion they, they, they can see where Colonial Marines went wrong and where 
in my opinion, Vermintide went very right. It's just, yeah, I, I, I want to see more of this game. I think if you check out the videos, I think there may be a few players out there that might get a little excited. Now it's time for games we're looking forward to. Yeah, but I mean, there is a game that I'm not looking forward to, but I passionately hate uh, Metal Gear Solid, the definitive experience. I just hate Metal Gear Solid, the new one. Really upset me, but maybe we'll dodge talking about that. Matthew 3, obviously. I only put Farming Simulator in here because a lot of there are some people that like You that. love farming stuff, don't you? You're, you're a closet farmer. Admit it. You're all about the farming. Well, I, I tried the previous one. I, I, I just couldn't get it. I just couldn't get it, man. <laughs> God. Now it's coming out. Now we're seeing. Oh, here it comes. No, because it was it was really popular. Thought I'll I'll see what this is like. You know, people love this shit. It's like really popular. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we all went. Badly with No Man's Sky. Oh, it looked really popular. Yeah, I bought that shit. Now look what I ended up yeah, with. Yeah, but it was. Steam ratings are like... I don't know, Steam ratings are really high up there. This game's seriously popular. And I tried it, I was like, oh, it is actually simulator farming. This is quite boring. <laughs> I see. <laughs> it's what it says on the tin. What, did, what were you expecting? Goat simulator? I thought maybe like... I don't know, the whole, like, the whole process, you've got to attach the thing and then... Steph, Steph, I've got an idea for a game. It's uh, Paint Watching Simulator 85. Are you interested? <laughs> I hear the, it, it's, it's really clear pixelation. You can every now and then see something slightly... Yeah, you can really see the paint drying. Wow. See, I'm, I'm, I'm just like slowly deleting these off the list as we're talking to kind of pretend it never happened <laughs> on one note <laughs> yeah yeah good luck with that i did it subconsciously as well like it wasn't even on purpose just subconsciously highlighting and pressing delete <laughs> this never happened <laughs> uh right so the 16th of october is uh, batman vr and playstation vr coincidence much I don't think so. <laughs> Shiny. That'll be awesome fun, but it costs a lot of money yes. for a VR. So feel free to send us all uh, a, a new PlayStation Pro with VR headset and, and we'll definitely play Batman VR. Bruce Wayne. <laughs> do you really want me to have this game? Because if you do, <laughs> I could do with a few quid. Uh Batman Return to Arkham. October the 18th. So, I mean, I, I, I put this in there because I think uh, you're, you're quite into it, aren't you, Dad, Batman? Uh, I really, really enjoyed the Arkham series. And so did I. It, it was really good. I just wish I'd put more time into it. Asylum, City, uh, Origins, I can see why there's an awful lot of disappointment, but the engine itself did actually... I liked yeah. Origins. I have to admit, I did like Origins, and I did like uh, the DLC for it as well. Oh, the excellent DLC. The the actual mechanic was still good. The story was still passable, but generally speaking, I think there was a lot of people that thought it kind of been. They were kind of expecting something a little different. 
and I can totally dig why that is. But then again, they made up with it with the with um, Arkham Knight. I really enjoyed that, and I I know that Dead did too. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that. There, there was a bit of controversy around Arkham Knight. Though. It did get pulled from Steam for a period of time because it was so badly optimized. <laughs> <laughs> like, but it it was a good game from all accounts. People that you know when it it got re released on PC. Once they got past those bugs, the game turned out very nice. I've sunk hours into it. I'm very happy with the, the hours I've sunk into it. That's good to hear. Do you, do you reckon it's reclaimed it? I mean, I'm sure it was very popular anyone Xbox and PS4, but do you think it's reclaimed it? You know, people have kind of accepted it back into being a good game, even with all the... Yeah, in my opinion, if you, you know what? I don't even need to say anything. Go check the Steam scores on it now. It's a very different story from how it started out. There's an awful lot of people that are playing the game, and they are thoroughly enjoying it. There's an awful lot of positive reviews going. I thoroughly enjoy playing it. I put hours into that game. You have to. If, oh, yeah. The Riddler. Fuck him. <laughs> did you not get all of them? Yeah, you got to catch them all. I got them all. Yeah, so did I. Bastard. Show offs. Some of them are really fucking clever. Uh, and the story doesn't suck. No. It's a nice wrap-up. Yes. To put it, ties, it that way. Ties up the story to uh, the Arkham series very, very nicely. It's in time for Batman Incorporated. Moving on. Battlefield 1. Um, has anyone... Like, I, I actually have got some slight hope in this game. I mean, I, I don't play shooters that much anymore, but I liked the old Battlefields, and I think I, like a complete idiot downloaded the open beta, which I don't know if anyone else did, but a lot of people have been playing it. I heard about people. I missed that. I saw. I did watch a video of a person playing it with voice controls, which was what? hilarious. Because really? it was... He was using a voice control program on his computer to play the beta. So he would say, forwards, stop, fire. Except he had to say, fire, several times. <laughs> um, he was getting shot by snipers. It was it was really funny to watch. He was actually driving a truck using voice controls. Nice. And yeah, it was an interesting thing to watch. But from what I've heard, there are features that they kept from uh, Star Wars Battlefront that are really cool, like the um, spawnable vehicles and stuff like that. And it's it. I think it's probably going to be quite a good game. I think going back in time is good for Battlefield because my favourite Battlefield games were like 1945 and or was it 42 and um, 42 that was it and 42. Vietnam expansion and like, all all the stuff in the past I really really enjoyed from them like the more modern stuff is a bit Bad Company 2 was good I like that I love 1942 I I, I killed at that it was amazing wasn't but the one I played was that little plane that scrolled up the screen. I was really good at that at the arcade. I mean, it might be good. I mean, I think a lot of people are probably hyped for it. I mean, it seems to have won the Battlefield versus Call of Duty war, potentially. In fact, we should probably should have put that on the list. I think there's probably a Call of Duty or something coming out. Yeah, 4th November. 4th of November. Oh, okay. Didn't see that. Infinite War or something? Or Infinite War. <laughs> Who put that? Infinite Warfare. Infinite Warfare? Yeah. D didn't they alienate everyone with that? Yeah. 
Sorry, but unfortunately, the moment you mention Call of Duty or Battlefield, I'm switching off. <laughs> yeah, I, di I literally didn't see Call of Duty because I think my mind just blurs the words out whenever they come across me. It's like, no point engaging with that sentence. What? And, and yet EA's Battlefield series really does it for you? No, it doesn't, but I had some great times on, on the old school Battlefields. Like, I mean, it... Yeah, the, there is a twinge of like, I mean, Battlefield 1942 was pretty revolutionary at the time. I mean, it was the first time, like, you could get yeah, in and out was... vehicles and, like, big maps. I mean, because that, that, that was my step from playing, like, Counter-Strike and, and Day of Defeat and other Half-Life mods. And I then played Battlefield's like, wow, this is, this is even more amazing. Like, what's going on? Like, oh, look, there's 64 players and 32 of them want to shoot me. Yeah, it's just... And it's, most of them are 11-year-old kids that are considerably better at this game than me. Hey, I was 14 at the time, so I was shit hot at that. Exactly. It's stuff like Battlefield and Call of Duty, because I've not played any of the others, I'm going into it completely blind, as it were. I think Battlefield's I more forgiving. don't think I'd have a chance. They're usually a bad idea if you're in a combat situation. Yeah. Wouldn't have a chance against all the 11-year-olds, or, or even the older now that have been playing it and they've gone through prestige whatever hundreds of times over. And it's literally, I, I pick it up, walk two spaces, and die. It's like... It's the game that fills the slot between the Halo game, a Call of Duty game, a Battlefield game, and whatever the other ones are. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, there's this little hole in the market. Which shooter should I be on this month? Oh, I'll go to this one. Oh, the new release is out. We'll go to that one, and so on and so forth. Fair enough. More power to you if that floats your boat. But uh, then, of course, you could always go to uh, the 25th of October's World of Vinyl Fantasy. I, <laughs> or not. I, I might talk about this in our next episode. I, I, I got some kind of hope for this game, actually. But again, yeah, finances, etc. I will be buying Mafia 2 next month, and I can't afford World of Final Fantasy. But it's one I'll keep an eye on. But um, for people that like JRPGs, I think this is more of the slant of Kingdom Hearts, which mix sort of Disney characters and things like that with uh, Final Fantasy ones, and this is quite a cute one with like chibi anime characters and some of the old Final Fantasy characters all coming into one world. Weird premise. I don't know if it's really going to be good, but it, it's it's meant to be quite dark, and you know, I, I don't Ooh. know. It might be a bit of a it silent. Could be interesting. Sleep yeah, it could be. Be interesting to find out what their excuse is, since they can do that with Kingdom Hearts, but they can't do that with Disney Infinity. <laughs> <laughs> just, just gonna drop that one there for a moment. Let that one sink in. And there's a couple more. I mean, Dark Souls Three's got um, a a expansion coming out on the 25th, uh, or a DLC, Ashes of um, Arendelle. I have played Dark Souls Three. I'm not sure if anyone else has. It is a good game. I personally don't have enough time to invest that much frustration at the moment with other games out. Um, but it's it's really good. Uh, it is good, good game. I find the Dark Souls series really compelling. I have to confess, I've been, I've, I've encountered somebody who's provided me with a. Uh, it's actually Sophie and Adin uh, have both basically given me a, a valid reason to actually go back to the Dark Souls series. I've been told to check out number one and then number three, or just do number two before before you do the other two because the one and three they're both part of the same thing. And the second one is on the other side of the planet or something. 
I don't know. I'm probably going to split with either one or two and then just see if I can find a story somewhere in there, if I can be bothered. But uh, I am going to go back to Dark Souls and I'm going to give it an honest-to-God try. Well, Satan, anyway. I did that and it, it is good. That's the thing about Dark Souls, though. The story is hidden. You've got to... All the items you pick up tell the story. So you've got to read all the descriptions of the items. I mean, I, I've watched... I've done that in so many other games. I can cope with that. Also, it is very much a gameplay-heavy game. It is about that test of, like, do you enjoy repetition and working it out? And, and getting your skill. The skill. It's a skill engine, isn't it? Yeah, it's, and it's very good at that, and it is a lot of fun. Like, you know, for, for some people, but I think it is, in, although it's so popular, I do think it is still fairly niche, like, in, in a way. I think a lot of people have bought it because of the hype, but the people that really get into it are, are maybe a smaller community, really. And then, yeah, the 28th, we've got Titanfall 2. I've got a lot of hope for Titanfall 2. Have you? Yeah. Really? I think it's going to be quite good. I was so disappointed with the first one. I'm kind of it still leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I have a feeling that they may have learnt from the first one. Um, <laughs> the the trailer that I saw the other day just looks awesome. And yet they've still got the same release date as uh, Skyrim. Skyrim's only recently been announced, though. Oh, good luck, Titanfall Two. Yeah, but Skyrim's been out before. Everyone's played Skyrim to death, surely. And you know what? If it's going to be even prettier, I'll go back to it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll still play it before I go anywhere near Titanfall 2. Same. Massively. Completely the same. Again, it depends what you like as well. I mean, for me, anything that's an RPG is going to trump pretty much anything else. I'm much more interested in stuff with, with real story or, or maybe role-playing it than, than shooters or anything like that. Speaking of shooters, the 4th of November, we've got Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. I mean, Warfare. Um, yeah, skipping onwards <laughs> to the 10th. <laughs> 10th of November, PS4 Pro. The Neo, yes. Yeah. 349 squid. And we talked about that. It, which is, as I say, that price point has surprised me. It's good. Considering it's uh, this all singing, all dancing version, and it's not that much more than... Some of the deals for PS4s now. PS4s will go down, which I think is great, actually. Um, and I think it is a good move if they want people to go onto the Pro, because, I mean, if I were to get another console in two years' time, or some, if mine died or something, you know, like, then you'd be <laughs> like, well, might as well, because it'd probably go down to 250 or something. It's only a little bit more. I mean, they probably will end up discontinuing exactly. the, the original PS4 after about two years anyway at this rate. Just what I was saying earlier. A game I'm really looking forward to on the uh, 11th of November is Dishonored 2. I actually really enjoyed the first one because it, it scratched a very particular itch. You know, the sneak up behind people and stabby stabby them kind of itch. <laughs> Everyone was a bit stabby stabby. And I, I do like the look of the new one. Oh, it looks delicious. Also on the 11th is the... It is so good. Uh, NES Classic Mini. What is that? It's the old 8-bit Nintendo in the palm of your hand, basically. It's preloaded with 30 games. Really? Wow. Yeah, it's got HDMI output on it now as well. So it's, it's a bit of a, a thing for the retro gamer. Oh, awesome. How expensive is it as well? It's probably quite cheap, right? Is it? Is it... It's, it's about 49 99 I think. 40 quid? 40 that's to 50 fair. quid? You can get an extra controller as well. 
which is about seven quid. That's pretty awesome. And it will also introduce all of those classic NES titles to the next generation of Nintendo console when it comes out. Cause... I want a SNES one. I, I have one on pre-order, to be fair. The SNES one will be next, depending on sales at this one. Someone's actually built a SNES one as well, a SNES Mini. It was on IGN, of all places, which is looked really cool, actually. Someone had actually pre-built it themselves. Yep, well, Nintendo was probably looking into that right now. Oh, yeah. Yes. 15th of November, Watch Dogs 2. Ooh, really? I've got high hopes for that. I quite enjoyed the first one. I think there's a lot of people that have got high hopes for it. A lot of people are saying the same thing, that they suspect that any of the issues that they had with the first one have been nicely and completely ground out, and that it's a new lead character that we're not carrying on from the rather antisocial dude in the first one. Yes. Aiden Pierce. And also lots of co-op. Yes, there's going to be a lot of co-op. You can help people hack things. Which I'm excited about. That'll be fun. I mean, the premise is is really good. It's a bit like Assassin's Creed. Like the the premise or the concept of it's really good. It's just Assassin's Creed with a mobile phone, basically. Instead of stabbing people, you steal their money. It depends how well they execute it this time. That's the problem. Like I just feel Ubisoft have. Is it is Ubisoft, isn't it? Like they, they yes, have good is. ideas, but they struggle to execute them in general. The problem that the first one had was that people picked up on it being a game about hacking, and they were expecting hacking. proper hacking, whereas Ubisoft as a company are not going to give you proper hacking because that's illegal. So they give you a one button, you have successfully taken the money from that guy's bank account. People shouldn't expect the game to incorporate things that you know, they don't want people to do. GTA. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, what was that, Rockstar? (laughs) Because of the sensitivity of hacking, the actual act of hacking into anything and stealing, they're not going to teach you how to do that. No one's going to teach you how to do that in a game. I don't think a computer game can provide you with that kind of knowledge quite so quickly. But if you do want to find out about that, go to www. No, Uh, maybe not. Dot. Blackinternet.com. I mean, I you know I think I think Watch Dogs Two could could be good. Character looks kind of cool. I mean, maybe it's going to be quite stereotyped. I don't know. Seems it seems like it could be good. It looks more fun. It looks more fun. It's a hackery version of Sleeping Dogs. Less martial arts, (laughs) more. I'm going to make your computer explode in your face. Gee, that's not a bad idea. So, on to the 18th <laughs> of November, uh, Gran Turismo Sport, which is a PS4 exclusive. Car porn. Cars. Cars. Yep. It'll look great. <laughs> it's going to look great. It'll handle fantastic. I'm sure it's got lots of pretty cars. Enjoy. <laughs> and it's a very, very well-renowned series. People will have been waiting for this for a long time on PlayStation 4. So Same with the Forza crowd. It's racing games. I can totally dig it. 23rd of November, <laughs> Pokemon Sun and Moon. But you're really looking forward to that, aren't you? I'm, I'm side myself with Lee. I mean, it looks like a Pokemon game. I, I, might, I might get it at some point. Probably not on release, but it is a Pokemon game. I suspect you'll probably have to go around a, a world collecting Pokemon a bit. Uh, and go to gym. Really? Oh! Training them, going to gym. 
So maybe maybe meet some new animals and some old. Befriend them in your particular way. I think it will be a Pokemon game. I don't think is it something you should get hyped about. I suppose if you like repeating the same same concepts, like I I like occasionally picking up a Pokemon game, going oh that's Pokemon, this is really familiar, and then after about ten hours, I'm like I'm doing the same things I did twenty years ago. Things that I did and everything else. However. How about Gran Turismo Pikachu? Well, sorry, that's Mario Kart. My bad, sorry. Well, we go. Mario Kart's amazing. You can't hate Mario Kart. Yes, I can. It's got Mario in but it. But it's so much fun with friends. Like, that was my childhood. N64 days in Mario Kart. It's just... Congratulations on having friends. I'm not jealous. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, the 29th of November, Final Fantasy XV. I, 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 I don't want to start going on, on about it. All those people that don't have friends, <laughs> Final Fantasy Fifteen. <laughs> Ta-ta, see you in a few months. I will say about Final Fantasy Fifteen. the film came out recently called Kingsglaive. And have you watched it? I've watched it, I bought it. I personally really enjoyed it. it for me, it set a scene for the game that I think I kind of like the world they've built. It's kind of cool. So you own that? What? You own that movie then? Yeah. I can come to your house to watch that. Definitely. I think if you like Final Fantasy games, to me, this movie kind of said to me, I mean, it's not the best story, but the, the world of the, <laughs> like, I mean, I don't think it's a bad story, and I think it's in the vein of Final Fantasy, but I kind of feel like it's quite an action-packed story, and it do, but it does have a lot of talking as well, and I kind of felt, this is what I would like out of a Final Fantasy game. It reminds me of older Final Fantasies, so it brought me a bit of hope, actually. <laughs> Sorry, I've just imagined the instruction manuals. Before placing disc into drive, lick surface of disc. Everything will make sense shortly. <laughs> they are trying seriously hard for this game. You know, they've seriously tried. I mean, they've they've got the film where they're, where they're casting on the film. They've got Sean Bean, who surprise surprise plays a king and dies. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert! Shit. Now you've ruined it forever. Yeah, thanks for the spoiler. <laughs> We've got the voice. I mean, I say this every week anyway. You're probably bored of hearing me talk about Final Fantasy 15. So let, let's just move on. Uh, if you're excited about it, so am I. Uh, we'll talk about it nearer the time, and I bore you there. Yeah, and I'll come around to yours and watch the movie because I can. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's games reviews time. Warcraft? Warcraft Legion's come out. New expansion out. Shiny. I've been playing it and Rami's been playing it. I think Rami's probably been playing it more than me. Um, yes, uh, I've put a reasonable amount of time into it. You're still awake? But it's got the same problems, in my opinion, that Warlords of Draenor had. Just a, a little. What is World of Warcraft? What type of game is it? Massively online role-playing game. Yeah, multiplayer, massively online multiplayer role-playing game. The idea is you, you go on and you play that game with your friends, don't you? That's the idea, yes. Well, again, like they did with Warlords of Draenor, Legion, you've got this whole hour, two-hour sort of quest line to do before you can start adventuring in the new realm with your friends. They can't go through that bit with you. You've got to play it alone. It's so frustrating. This is a massively multiplayer online game. I want to play with my friends. Oh, you can't do that just now. Is the story at least good? 
Yeah, no, I'm liking it. It's it's a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. I'm is it much more detailed? Really than liking the new zones. Uh, they've introduced artifact weapons, which are really cool. Uh, they reset all my talents, which is less than cool, but I'll deal with it. No, that's dead frustrating. Having to relearn all my rotations and all my powers. Half my rotations in one spec and half my rotations in another. So I'm having to completely relearn everything. I am. Also, because I play a warlock, uh, they've created a new hero class, which is the Demon Hunter, and uh, they've stolen one of my powers and given it to the Demon Hunter as their ultimate power, uh, Metamorphosis, where you can turn into a big demon and ratch things up. They've just nicked it from the warlock and given it to the Demon Hunter. So what have you got instead? Uh, I can summon more demons at the same time. Basically, it is kind of cool, but I'm 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 having to relearn a lot of the things I I already knew, which isn't isn't bad. Well, I heard they changed. I I, I did a bit of like uh, looking up about the changes, and they've really changed every class. Like I think healers have to do DPS, as, like make sure they do DPS because it has an impact on their healing. Is that right? I wouldn't know. I'm not a healer. Yeah, I'm not a healer, so I don't know. I heard I heard something about that, but um, it it seems quite interesting. I'd, I am planning on trying to join you at some point. Yeah, definitely come join us next month when you can afford it. Maybe. They need a healer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we do actually really need a healer. Yeah, well, yeah, and I prefer playing healer to be honest. You always need a healer. That's the way that Warcraft that's works. That's how bad they are. No, it's the way that Warcraft works. Every raid team, you need two tanks, two healers, uh, six DPS for a ten-man team, ideally. Bet you there's somebody that disagrees with that. Uh, <laughs> depends on the encounter, but usually it's uh, two two four. Uh, sorry, two two six. Yeah, I've never played a raid. To be honest, I, I I've never had that many friends. <laughs> I've, I've been the most, most I've managed is five of us because that's how big my circle of friends is well I've done 10 and 25 man raiding show off yeah no it's it's a lot of fun but it is so political a lot of uh, well it's a lot of it's teamwork basically because if the healers miss the tank's healing then the tank falls over and everyone's dead how do you manage 20 people to play regularly? Like, that exactly. generally tends to happen in the big guilds. I suppose the rules are pretty brutal for people as well, if they like fuck around. It, and yeah, so certain guilds will have set rules where if you fail to turn up or fail to explain why well, why you're late, then you know you're off the team. Not only that, a I'd have problems committing to that, and b I'd I'd be bound to fuck it up, and that'd be it. I'd be booted. It's like, oh, you're the worst warlock ever. Go. I think you're safe if you do DPS, though. Because <laughs> no one really notices what you're doing. Exactly. And just, oh, I'll just chip a little bit of health off that. Blizzards have put in systems to make it easier for people who who don't have the raid team to raid. There's things like the looking for raid system, um, where you can just drop into a 25-man group, and it, the game will select the ideal sort of makeup and try and balance it as best possible. Uh, player skill is another thing, but uh, usually you get a relatively good group in there. 
at least you can then try it out. But it's good. Buy it. Let's move on, because uh, we this is going to be an incredibly long uh, podcast. We've considering it's September and there's not a lot going on in terms of actual releases. This is we we've, we've had massive rants, obviously. Yeah, it's been it's been rant time. We've got to get some stuff out of our system. As it happens, I finally met Rami. In fact, I met him yesterday in his abode. In person. In person. In the flesh. And his beard. Yes, my massive beard. This massive cat. I also have a very large pussy. Still leave that one there, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. That's what she said. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, but he, while I was there, he actually introduced me to pit people, the beta. Yes. I was lucky enough to get a beta code from uh, the lovely people. Can you talk about it, though? Yes. Um, it was just, there was an NDA for day one of videos, stuff like that. Okay. It's done by the same people who gave us Castle Crashers and Battle Block Theatre. Yeah, Alien Dominated. Yeah, Alien Castle Crashers and Battle Block Theatre. This is their fourth game that they've been working on for ages. But, oh, what a pleasure to play. It really is. Completely out of the ballpark weird in some places. This just... Yeah, completely insane. The narration is brilliant. The narration makes the game. It's just so so messed up. It's so funny, and the narrator's voice just so good, <laughs> so sarcastic, which is hilarious since I don't usually get sarcasm. But what Pit People is? It's kind of a turn-based strategy game. The same manner of say, like the Banner Saga games, or yeah, a bit like that. Or um, renowned explorers. Yeah. Well, it starts off a little simpler. Yeah, it's quite simple, but then, like, you can capture more people for your sort of team of fighters, and they've all got crazy, wacky abilities, and there's loads of customization. You can pick up loads of new weapons. You can completely change. I turned Pipistrella bald. <laughs> They're all about the customization, loads of weird weapons. It's just so much fun and just really oddball humor. Great game. Right, I've reviewed a game. Well, I should have done this. I should have put this up as an actual article. I basically played um, a game called Armacrog, which I've, I've done for, was asked to review. I got a code for it and played, you know, played it before it came out. I think it's a spiritual success to a series that Fergus plays, but I don't know that series. Bit of it right, Ferg? It's kind of all done with claymation, isn't it? Yes. Oh, cool. But what, what's Armicrog like? Armicrog's basically, uh, it's really interesting, actually. It's So it's kind of made with, you know, as, as, as Ferg was saying, it's kind of like a clay, almost, game. So it's like a clay animation. Wow. It's about this guy and his uh, little dog. Alien dog creature. The story's a bit odd and a bit crazy. I'd probably like it, then. It gave me a bit of a feeling of journey actually on playstation 4 left me with a sense of day of the tentacle now that was an awesome game yeah it has a completely tongue-in-cheek sense of humor uh, as they crash landed on a planet and the uh, the would-be dog thing is, and the voice the, the the voice acting for each of the characters is really nicely done it captures a very particular style for the characters it's that yeah 
it's the sardonic wit that you get out of uh, out of the various characters as they're trying to go through it's effectively a, po- a point and click uh, adventure it is yeah it's very classic awesome. it, it rocks a lot of rather funky tropes but i i don't know why but i also got a sniff of very old game like busy from it busy wow yeah sort of the whole you know, the puzzle aspect yeah the, the, i i get the sneaking suspicion as the game progresses I, I suspect the puzzle might get a little bit more well bizarre almost salmon max Right. Telltale's earlier Sam and Max titles. Uh, but yeah, the humour is out there. It's, it, it's... I probably love it. <laughs> it's good, and it sets it up for a sequel, and it, it is a really fun game, and it's quite niche in the sense that, like, I don't think a lot of people really play Point and Clicks as much anymore. They're, they're, they still do them. Like, Broken Sword's still going pretty strong, which is a great series, uh, Broken Sword 5. I mean, it's it's a really good genre, and actually, I, I really enjoyed Armacrog. It was a real... It was quite odd to go back to that style of playing when I haven't played it for years. really played that style for a while. It's a nice like reminder, really. It's, it's a real classic. I think it is a, is a niche game, though. It's, it acts more of a work of art than it does a game. Because it... Yeah, I mean, the animation and stuff is really quite interesting. It's beautifully done. I think that's kind of where it comes from. You are basically buying a piece of interactive artwork, and you, that that's... The, the amount of time that's clearly gone into the animation sequences is... If you've, if you've watched any of the behind-the-scenes stuff for the likes of Wallace and Gromit... Yeah, they've obviously taken a lot of time. Yeah. It's going to have been really time-heavy in its production. A mistake. Did you finish the game, sir? I did finish the game, yeah. How, how many hours? Well, because I was reviewing it, I did sort of slightly cheat because it had come out on PC before. Right. Well, I did use guides. I wouldn't recommend that to, to people unless you get frustrated, but I did want to review it and, and finish it, so I, I did cheat a little bit. But it is, uh, it's a good, it, I would say, if, if you, the average person, it probably takes about 8 to 10 hours. I would have thought maybe longer, um, depending on how, comp- how much you want to push to do everything on your own, depending on how bright you are. Well, I suppose, <laughs> you know, yeah, I finished it in an hour, Steph. What were you doing? Well, I, I cheated the whole way through, it, you know, it, essentially because I wanted to get through it and really see all the content of the game. It took you eight times as long. <laughs> no, no, it didn't, you know, I mean, well, I just... Yeah, I lied. You know, ...followed it as it went along, you know, but it... Aww. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, it's, it, I, I really enjoyed it. I, th- I think it is a proper classic kind of, you know, point and click, really. Um... I didn't find it as engaging as, say, uh, games like Broken Sword or the old school kind of Monkey Island games because that had a lot more, they had a lot more voice in and character development. Day of the Tentacle still one of the best point-and-click adventures. I've got that on PS4, but I haven't played it yet, actually. If you've never I, played I, I it, play it. it it's came amazing. Out. Best point-and-click adventure. I might do it. Let's play it. Do it. Do it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we really need to, like, Finish this uh, this podcast soon because it has been it's an incredibly long one. Um, so we're like getting started. <laughs> we were, yeah, but also we've we've talked we've, a lot. We've ranted is, a lot. It's good. I think it's a good episode, really. Coming this month on Xbox Live and PlayStation Plus. Free games, hooray!
So, I mean, I mean, last time we didn't have the PS4 stuff because it hadn't been announced, but what we'll do is we'll have a look at the Xbox One and the Xbox 360. What's out on that at the moment? 1st to 30th September is Earthlock, 16th September to the 15th October is Assassin's Creed Chronicles China. We've told you this already, and 360 is 1st to the 15th September was Forza, oh, is Forza Horizon, 16th to the 30th is Mirror's Edge. Ta-da! Cool. Um, oh, I didn't check out what was on the PS3. Actually, no, I remember what was on there, though, was it? Yakuza or something. Maybe I'm being an idiot. Um, but for um, PS4 anyway, I've just selfishly looked at the console I have. Um, so they, they've given away Lord of the Fallen, uh, which I think is kind of um, sort of Dark Souls-esque. A little, yeah. And it suggested to me... Yeah, sort of Dark Souls meets God of War, I got the impression. Yes, that, that's maybe a good description. Which should, should appeal to me, but for some reason I just haven't... I, I don't know why, I'm, I'm kind of not fussed about that one. I don't know what it is that's not quite caught my interest. Yeah, I don't know, it's sort of... I'm pretty sure that came out free on... Xbox or Xbox One at some point as well. Uh, I think it has done. Oh, really? Yeah, because I'm sure I've got it, but I've not put the time into it. Yeah, I mean, I think... I don't know. I, I'm going to give it a go at some point, but it isn't something that jumps at me. But, I, I mean, it has got very good reviews, I think. It's quite popular, uh, at least with the games media. The the, the other one that's coming out is... Um, which probably most people have played by now, is Journey. Nah. Well, mo most people that have owned a PlayStation 3 or PlayStation 4 probably played this I've game. actually watched uh, a Let's Play on it. Yeah, if you've watched a Let's Play, there's no point buying it. No, because <laughs> I didn't have the, the console to play it on, but I'd heard so much about it, I thought, oh, well, no, I'll watch a Let's Play. And... It's, Hello, it's you're nice dead game. anyway. You are? Just the spoiler, you're, you're already dead. You're, you're in a coma. You wake up. It's, it's all unreal. Uh, sorry, I was just taking a wild stab in the dark. Maybe not. <laughs> what? <laughs> but it's it is it's really good. Like um, it's a very visual game. It's very much about the experience. To be honest, I did not really understand the story a lot, except <laughs> the idea is it kind of emulates a character going traveling to a destination, going through a lot of hardship, and you, it's really well done in terms of the way the character looks and the journey. It's very pretty. It's it's a really nice little game. I mean, it's you know it, it's beautifully done. Uh, the graphics are absolutely wonderful. But yeah, I mean that's that's come out. Uh, it's not really a big deal for a lot of people, I don't think, because I think a lot of people have probably played it on PlayStation. It's just their excuse to play it again for free. Yeah, but I mean, I think a lot of people probably have it because I I had it on PS3 and it naturally worked on PS4. I don't know why, but because I'd bought it on the PS Store for PlayStation 3, apparently I'd also... It's cross-play, that's why. Oh, that's why. And, and then, uh, so I have actually found the other ones for PlayStation. So, oh, go on, man. Um, PS3, Prince of Persia, The Forgotten Sands, bit of a classic. If you insist. It's not, it's, it's not what I personally... <laughs> Sorry, it's not the original trilogy. It's, it's not as good. I mean, I didn't really play it, but I know it's seen as a classic. It's not necessarily what I would call a classic myself for my own experience, but some people like it, right? I think. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I'm sure I played it years ago, and it was fun. The other one that's basically cell shaded with all the bright oranges and purples in his costume. 
Is Forgotten Sands the one that they did in time with the Disney movie with Jake Gyllenhaal? Oh, I'm not sure which one now. I don't know. It's, it's not cel-shaded. I know I played one of the newer ones, and it was all about the platforming. I've got a sneaking suspicion Forgotten Sands is the one that came out with the Disney film. Playing with a movie? Maybe. Yeah. Oh. It's not cel-shaded. It's not cel-shaded, and yeah, it's the one that came out in time with the movie. And it was sort of, it was okay. It was better than the, the, the cel-shaded one, which was just essentially a, a quick time. It was just quick time events, one after another, everything. And essentially that's kind of where Prince of Persia was to begin with, but there was an element of skill, while quick time events just annoy the living cack out of me. I mean, the, the rest, Datura uh, on PS3, no idea what that is. What was that? If anyone else does. Detora? Detora? No, neither that. What about Vita? I have a Vita. Vita, they've got Amnesia Memories, which is kind of cool. That's probably quite a good game. I think the original Amnesia was really popular, kind of horror game. I don't know why you'd want to play that on a tiny screen. <laughs> might impact the effect it has on your fear. In um, dark, just a that's... tiny screen. I was just thinking, if it's called Amnesia... I wouldn't have imagined it being How particularly memorable. Like, can't rem- I can't imagine it being particularly not a, memorable. Not a very memorable game. Yeah. What were we talking about again? <laughs> See what you did there. Thank you. And what else? Uh, the other one is Badland, uh, which is for PS4, PS3, and Vita. Oh, wow. Got 9 out of 10 on Steam. That's kind of the, uh, fairly... the weird kind of black on a coloured screen kind of stylized graphics, isn't it? It's like a humble bundle as well. It's like, is it a platformer? Yeah. It's kind of an adventure game. Oh, that might be good. I might download that. Now it's time for all the very latest info about events to do with games and stuff. Well, I, do we have much to say? Because we, we did do Insomnia before. Or is there, oh, there's another Yeah, there's another one. There's a, another Insomnia. Uh, it's Insomnia 59. It's on from the 9th to the 11th of December at Birmingham NEC. You can book your tickets now. But there's not a lot of info about it at the moment. They're just recovering from the last one. Are you thinking of going back, Dad? I may or may not. I'm not sure. I'm still free. I, I will probably consider it. It will be work dependent. I would be up for it. I just, I'd be more interested in, in like getting a computer there and, and like not covering it as a journalist kind of respect. <laughs> yeah, actually going and enjoying it. I'd rather comment on the experience, like maybe write an article about the experience, but not really like go to cover what's going on there, because a lot of it doesn't personally interest me, like the new products and like technology. I'm not necessarily that interested in that. You want a gaming ticket and to play League all weekend? Yeah, I'd be up for that. I'll, I can leave that alone. I would be more than happy to go around with a GoPro or, or, or like just my tablet and just record going up to stores like, ooh, look at this. Oh, that's shiny. Sorry, the technology is by far more interesting to me. You may be better suited than me to cover it, then, I think. Than some 11-year-olds beating each other up digitally. I can, oh, show me, show me the pieces. Show me the parts. Mm, I've got a fan on that. <laughs> Fans are sexy. Maybe it's something we could look to in the future. Have a team meet up. Yes. And, and, that's, and that's ages off. Right. So, should we wrap it up there, gentlemen? Yes. I think we probably should. We're going to wrap it in now. We'll wrap. Paper.
Tia, eat it. Our hopes and dreams. <laughs> Shredded. Right, so, on that note, that's you in a bit. Be easy, be excellent to each other. Have a nice night. Take care, have fun.